I want, I want to make sure that everyone here really hears uh, the message of Christ and what Christmas is all about today. You know, over 2 billion people in over 160 countries celebrate this special occasion called Christmas. For many, many people, not just here in the United States, but way beyond, this is a very, very special holiday. In fact, I would say for so many, it is the uh, most special holiday. It's a time to see family. It's a time to, to gather for some good food that I don't know how to cook, but I do know how to eat. Uh, it's a time to, uh, you know, decorate. Some of you, you love to decorate. Others of you are like, listen, I'll take the decorations, but um, I'm going to need my husband to, to put them all out. It's a time where we share gifts. Um, I, think, I think for a lot of us, um, the joy really is in the giving, not just the, the receiving, but mostly the giving the older we get. Christmas, though, is so much more than these things. There's nothing wrong with these things that I mentioned, but for those of us who believe in the true meaning of Christmas, Christmas is life-changing, and it is a joyous occasion worth celebrating not just Christmas Day, but every day. So here's what you have to know in order to celebrate this season, and that's this. You've got to understand the significance of Christmas. How can you, how can you celebrate something that you don't even understand its significance? So I'm going to share with you, if you've got your, your um, worship guides out there, we provided for you in a pen. If you can see well enough to take these notes, this will also be put online later on. You'll be able to catch it there. But I want to share with you what God's led me to, to put together, and that's five significant things that stand out as we um, look through and we read through the majority of the Christmas story. The first thing is this, is we see that the Christmas story, it doesn't make human sense. The Christmas story doesn't make human sense. I'm one of those people that um, um, I have faith, but I also like to talk about the facts. The facts is, uh, is, listen, my mom over here, she's an English teacher most of her life. She's going, listen, I did not teach him his grammar. But the truth is this. Christmas doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You ever try to share a, a true story with someone Something that you actually um, firsthand observed yourself, but while you're sharing a story, you realize it doesn't make any sense, and the look on their face is like, listen, you liar. This doesn't make a lick of sense, which is most of the things I share. My wife's like, listen, you can't believe that guy. But listen, the Christmas story is much like that. You start sharing with someone who's never, ever heard what maybe you started hearing about when you were knee-high to a grasshopper, and they're going to look at you and be like, listen, my Lord, you know, you, you believe in these fairy tales. Well, I want you to understand this. I want you to write this down. Anytime something's a God story, you can't humanly explain it. It's like any other miracle. It's a miracle. I want to share with you about how this lady, this young lady named Mary, became the mother of this miracle child named Jesus. Look with me, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 37. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Notice what it says. It says, Mary was confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him to the throne of his ancestor David. 
and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary goes on and she asks the angel, she says, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. And I want you to hear, I think, a very significant scripture in this. It says, for nothing is impossible with God. Listen, you can't read your Bible without faith. It's not possible. You either choose to look at it as just another book or you look at it as the book. You either look at things as God's revelation or just information. Listen, the angel Gabriel tells Mary some surprising news. Out of the blue, she's this young teenage girl engaged, and they got really engaged a lot earlier than any of us would back in the day. And he says, you're going to give birth to our long-awaited Savior. And Mary's like, how can this be? Don't you understand I am a virgin? Don't you understand that I, I don't have a husband and I've not been with any man? And the angel says, this is a holy child conceived by the Holy Spirit. Listen, Mary was just the carrier of the messenger. The angel was just the messenger. Wasn't about Mary. It wasn't about the angel. Listen, none of this made sense to Mary. And you can imagine that uh, Joseph, her soon-to-be husband's like, what did you just say? But Mary and Joseph simply chose. I want you to catch this part. Mary and Joseph, they chose to believe God for these things. Do you know what the number one thing that hinders people's faith is? Doubt. Doubt. We only want to believe things that, that, that are from God that we feel make sense to us. This is why faith is such a key component for any believer. Think about it. It's by faith that we believe that God created the heavens and the earth. It's by faith that we believe that God knit us together in our mother's womb. It is by faith that we believe that God does have the plans that he tells us he has for us in, in, the, in the word of God and that those plans are, are plans of hope, not to harm us, but to give us a future. We trust those plans. Listen, it's by faith that you believe not only does God have plans for you, but he, he put these things together before you even drew your first breath. It's by faith that you'll believe that God narrated the Christmas story that it's not something man-made in some cute story that was put together with some candy canes, but it is Jesus coming down from heaven, God's child, in a manger. Listen, it's truly a God story. You know why? Because nothing is impossible with God. Listen, God often does things that don't make any sense to us. You've had it happen in your life. I've had it happen in my life. But I want you to hear something. Your lack of understanding or your misunderstanding of what God did doesn't mean that it's not God's truth. For instance, a person could say all day long, you know what, I just don't believe that Bible preacher. You just got to understand, we live in 2021, almost 2022, and I'm going to tell you the same thing someone would have told me 22 years ago or 52 years ago. The Word of God is the Word of God for the people of God. And you'll always be right at the, at the crossroads. Are you going to put your faith in you or are you going to put your faith in Him? Listen, these things didn't make sense to Mary or Joseph, and if we're honest, they don't make sense to us. But this was God's strange way to save the world. Secondly, we see that God uses the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. God uses the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. Listen to this. God chose a bunch of nobodies 
to bring salvation to everybody. God chose a bunch of nobody. You know, you know, you know what I think is amazing about the fact that y'all are all sitting here and I'm the pastor? I happen to know myself. You don't have to tell me, hey, you know that Craig, he's a nut. <laughs> Try knowing all that I know. You're like, oh my God, you know? Should I tell him? And please don't ask my kids and others. I joke a lot of times. I'm like, listen, I'm, I, I said, you know, just because Jesus saves you, he don't do nothing with your brain. You left with whatever you woke up with or you were born with. You know, I'm work, listen, I'm doing the best I can with the limits I got. But see, when I realize that I don't have to be extraordinary for God to do extraordinary things in my life, do you see no longer am I living, this is something you can carry into 2022, limited by my ordinariness. I'm living with limitless plans and hopes because my, listen, what I can expect from God is way beyond what I can expect of myself. Mary couldn't believe this herself, but she chose to trust God anyway. Look at Luke 1, 38 through 55. It says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I want to stop right there for a moment and tell you something that you're probably not seeing there. When you wake up and you try to tell God what you're going to do, you'll always live a limited life. But if you wake up in full surrender, trusting God for what he's going to do, as well as trusting God's plan, saying, hey, show me the next right step, unless you choose to surrender to God's plans and believe God's plans, you're never going to experience them. Mary, nothing made sense except that, hey, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything, listen to how she's saying that, may everything you have said about me come true. That can be your declaration this year. Verse 39 says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was a, gave a glad cry and exclaimed, Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and you, your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? By the way, again, I, did, I experienced this a little bit in my life. You know, for most of my family, I'm just Craig. But to a person who sees me through God's eyes, I'm chosen. There's a difference. Mary's own relative, she saw the God in her, and she reverenced that. She said, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord Jesus should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed. Listen to this part again. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. It's been said before, man is yet to see what God can do through them because they won't surrender at all to him. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice, listen, of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made his promises to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Verse 55 implies this, that Mary had already heard. She might not have known at all that what was going to take place, but she had heard from the prophets of old that the coming Savior would come one day. 
But still, Mary couldn't believe that God chose her to be the mother of that Savior. Listen, Mary, she was just a lowly servant girl, just a normal teenage girl. Young people, the Bible says, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. God's got just as much a plan for you, whether you're 5 or you're 55 or you're 95. If he woke you up today, he's got a plan for you. Joseph, the legal father of Jesus, the first wonderful great stepdad. He was just a young carpenter, a man of trade. Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, at that time it was just a small farm town. Jesus was born in a farm stable full of hay with animals around his manger. Lowly shepherds, people like you and me, visited baby Jesus. Listen, the main characters in the manger scene were all just ordinary, yet God chose to use the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. Some of you, you need to get past this feeling of like, hey, you know what, I'm so ordinary, there's nothing special about me. Listen, God has a special plan for you, no matter what your past has been, no matter what your present feels like. See, the enemy wants to just tell you, hey, you know what, you're just this, you're just that. Listen, if you know you're God's child, seeking out God's plans, you got a bright future. But thirdly, the birth of Jesus gives everyone reason to rejoice. Here's the heart of this message. The birth of Jesus gives everyone reason to rejoice. Christmas, it should be celebrated by everybody. You know why? Because the gift of Jesus Christ and his birth offers hope for everybody. Let's look closely at what some shepherds discovered about Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story, they were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them. I don't want you to miss this part. Listen, the shepherds, they were just watching their sheep. They were just living life as they were used to. When all of a sudden this angel appears to them, telling them about the birth of Jesus. And at first they were startled. But once again, they too chose to believe God. See, if you don't believe God right now in the first step or the next step, you can't get to the next step. See, a lot of people, everybody wants God's blessing, but nobody's seeking to live blessed. Nobody's seeking, everybody wants something from God, but they don't give all of themselves to God. They chose to believe and listen to God. So they went to see this child in Bethlehem that the angel spoke about. 
Listen, they left away overjoyed about the good news of Jesus' birthday. And guess what? When they left the manger, they didn't keep the news to themselves. They didn't act like the normal church-going Christian where they just go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the church house and, 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 and talk about glory, hallelujah. But they took out the message because they understood the message wasn't just for them. And by the way, the reason why we do not compromise around here, nor do we, um, do we apologize to anybody, that our first and foremost goal here at this church always is to love, lift, and lead somebody to Jesus Christ. We believe there's nothing greater than a soul being saved. There's nothing worse than someone spending their eternity. You know, listen, this life's just that short. But eternity is infinity and beyond. And if I know and I believe wholeheartedly as I do that apart from Jesus Christ, a person is not going to spend eternity in heaven, why would I not fight for it? Why would I not share with my friends? Listen, the shepherds, they knew this hope was not just for them, that Jesus is the hope for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Knowing this gives everyone reason to rejoice. But fourthly, we find that divine love, hope, and peace were born in a manger. Divine, that is God. God's love, God's hope, and God's peace were born in a manger. There was so much more than just a baby. Again, we all know every little baby is a special gift. It's a miracle from God. But there was way more than just another baby lying in that manger. In that manger, you can write these down. Baby Jesus represented God's amazing, unconditional love. In fact, it represented God's first pursuit of man with all that he had to offer, which was his son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. What, what compelled him? His love. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8 says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Baby Jesus, he represented God's eternal hope despite my sin. You need to understand this. Sin separates you from a holy God and makes you deserving of hell. So out of God's great love, Jesus sent Jesus was sent by God to live for us, to die for us, and to overcome sin and the grave for us. Listen, only through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection can we experience God's forgiveness of sin and the promise of eternal hope. Fortunately, this hope's not resting on us. This hope is resting on believing in Jesus. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You may open up numerous gifts this Christmas, but you will never find another gift that is actually has eternal value. John 3, 17 and 18 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So often, listen, we use the Bible and we use the gospel and we use the truth as something as if we're supposed to be beating people over the head by it. No, God loved us so much and therefore we should be compelled to love other people so much. Listen, if love's not driving what you say and how you say it, it's wasteless. It says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the Son of God's one and only Son. People often ask, they say, well, listen, how can a good God send people to hell? He doesn't. He sent his Son. He gave you an option. The moment that you hear the gospel and you understand the gospel and you understand with Jesus, you can have eternal hope in heaven. Without Jesus, you're destined to bust hell open. You have to make that choice. He does not push himself upon you. In fact, all God asks you to do out of his love for you is to love him back. That's an amen. 
Listen, baby Jesus gives us also, though, eternal peace. Hundreds of years before, the, before um, Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah spoke these words, Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This Christmas, you can bank on it. Everybody will be looking for love in all the wrong places. Everybody will be looking for peace in things that don't satisfy. I can find, promise you this. If you don't find peace in Christ, you'll look for peace in a drug, in a drink, in a relationship, in whatever you can do to numb the pain for the moment. But see, the pain comes back, doesn't it? The only lasting peace that you can find is through Jesus Christ. John 16, Jesus says, In me you can have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome this world. Listen, Jesus was sent down from heaven so that through Christ we can experience God's eternal love, God's eternal hope, and God's eternal peace. But last but not least, for these reasons and many, many others, number five, wise men choose to worship him. Wise men choose to worship him. By the way, you've heard this scripture before. It's, it's numerous times you find it in scripture about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Until you realize there is a God and you're not him, until you realize that you don't give yourself your report card, but at the end of your life, it'll only be what God thinks that matters, that changes your whole life. That'll, that, that changes, instead of you having to try to live for the applause of man, you live for the approval of God. That'll simplify your life. In case you missed the last two Christmas messages, you can listen online. Last Sunday, we, we looked at how to make the most of Christmas. If you didn't hear that message, please go back online to refugechurch.org and listen to it. Two Sundays ago, though, we learned some lessons from some wise men. One of the greatest lessons is that wise men, they seek Jesus and they worship Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Verse 9 through 11 says, The wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And listen to this part. It says, they opened up their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Listen, God provided a star that led the wise men to the star. These wise men discovered that God's only son, Jesus, was more than worthy of being worshiped that Jesus, our Savior, is worthy of us giving him the best that we have to offer. So you know what these guys did in response? Because you can hear about what God's done for you all your life, but if you don't choose to respond to what God's done for you, it's meaningless. It's just a worship service. See, around here, we truly ask people, come as you are, but we don't expect you to leave the same because we believe the Word of God won't leave you the same if you choose to believe it. These wise men, here's what they did. So did you know how you need to respond to God's gift? They bowed down. They worshiped baby Jesus. Listen, and they gave him royal gifts from their treasure chest as symbols of their worship. Listen, this Christmas, all those who choose to believe the Christmas story, all those who choose to believe in Jesus, God's only son, as their Savior and Lord, and all those who choose to worship Jesus and tell everyone they can about Jesus, 
will experience God's eternal hope, love, and peace. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, that as each person has, has heard the message from you, Lord, that they would choose to believe in that message and, Lord, that they would choose to place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the one who can change their entire life and their entire eternity. God, I pray if there's someone here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I pray today, Lord, would be the day that they say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you, God's son, was born of a virgin named Mary. I believe that you lived and you died on that cross for me and that on the third day after you died, you arose from that grave, overcoming sin and death for me. Jesus, please forgive me. Come into my heart. Save my soul. Lead my life. Lord, thank you for the precious gift that you've given all of us, God, out of your love for us. God, I pray that each of us will choose to love you back. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This time we're going to do something um, very special. Uh, some folks are, are going to hand out to everyone in here. If you'll stay seated where you are, we're going to hand out to you a glow stick. And once you get yours, please just hold on to that until we give you further instructions, okay? We'll give just a moment for that. As the worship team will lead us here in a moment, and as you stand with us right now, if it's your heart's desire to wholeheartedly at this time and place from this point forward to, to, to be the light of Jesus to the world, I want you to break that glow stick, let it shine. But if you want to hold on to this and pray about it, we want to give you complete liberty to do that. Maybe you need to do some soul searching this Christmas and determine whether or not you're going to rely on this light or just try to make your own. Would you sing out with us as we sing together, O Holy Night. Again, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for um, seeking to join us and being the light. Um, again, whatever you do understand, I often tell people this, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know every scripture. But whatever you do know, you're responsible to share it out there to a world that might not know. So we hope you'll do that this Christmas. Um, we want to pray over you in general, over your Christmas celebrations and all right now. We know because we've seen it on both sides of our family. We know that um, the COVID situation is getting worse and it is, it is keeping a whole lot of people from getting to meet together because different people, have, it's been popping up. So uh, we're praying protection over you with that. I want to say this on behalf of Miss Natasha back there with hospitality and all. They still got a lot of good looking food back there. So here's what we need to do. And again, don't be walking out like this. I know some of y'all, um, you know, with the food all up in your shirt. But I want you to fix you a plate. Listen, I want you to grab you, fix you a plate. Wait in line if you got to, whatever. Take some food. She says she does not want to go home with that stuff. And whatever you don't eat, my mama will promise you I'll eat it. Okay? But don't do that to me. Okay? Already excited. Somebody left me a cake and I've been wanting to run around today. Um, hey, Ryan, has anybody touched my cake? Okay, so that's a praise report. Just put that, take that off your lips. Listen, y'all bow your heads with me right now. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we want to thank you for your love and your light in our lives. Lord, we're nothing apart from you, Lord, and yet everything is ours through you. Lord, sometimes life can be dreary. I know, Lord, that there are many throughout this congregation, Lord, they are in the, the highest level of grief. 
There's many people that are experiencing a first this Christmas um, of missing people that they love dearly. God, and I pray you'd wrap your loving arms around them. Lord, you would be that comforter that you promised you would be to them. Lord, it's in times like these. Lord, Christmas, Lord, if there's ever been a time that, that, that is uh, worth celebrating, it's, it's the hope that is in Christ that is ours to, regardless of our circumstances, God, regardless of our griefs. We still have that peace, that hope. God, I pray that you would just guard each person, protect everyone, try to keep them safe uh, from this virus, and I pray that each would be able to make the most of this Christmas. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Now go get you some good food back there, but don't mess with my cake.